one. There it is. We're here. We're back. It's another beautiful week. Welcome, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We're going to have an awesome show talking about balancing privacy and transparency in all of our relationships. So tune in. This will be fun. Here we go. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to this beautiful Monday. A little bit cloudy down here in Southern California. That that must be changing the weather time. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to say welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you've been here for a while, then you already know that we are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So you've got three opportunities every week to ask questions. If you have questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed in this show, slide into my DMs and let me know or leave a comment while we're recording live. Follow the show on all social media platforms at Practicing Poly A and let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, I want to remind you, if you're listening to this program, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. None of us are perfect and we're here to share all of our imperfect stories because the more stories we share, the more others will see us in themselves and the more representation we have the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com, sign up to share your imperfect story too. All right, everybody, that's my spiel. Now the best part of the show, introducing today's awesome guest. Today's guest believes deeply in the power of self-awareness. With greater knowledge of ourselves and of our individual contributions, our guest believes that we can co-create a society and culture that's based in love, is life-affirming, is ecologically regenerative, and is deliciously sexy. Our guest believes that intimacy is a core piece of that ideal society and of wider cultural interactions as a whole today. She is on a mission to help her clients discover their vulnerabilities and soften their edges, leading to increased confidence and security and allowing for deeper, more intimate connections. While we poly, poly folks all love the idea of having multiple deep and intimate connections, we can get ourselves into hot water with our other partners, other relationships, if we share things that shouldn't be shared. Tune in today to hear from our guests how we can approach this in a loving, authentic way, tuning into our hearts and bodies, and discover how to match our personal communication styles with our partners to create harmony and trust among the polycule. Joining us today from Lovage Somatic Sex and Relationship Coaching out of San Francisco, California, welcome to the show, Annie Bohealer. <music> Woo! Hey, hey, hey! Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you. thank you. Really happy to be here today really happy to have you i can for some reason barely hear you before the show you were fine and all of a sudden the volume went down i don't know if you put something in front of the microphone or how's this yeah it's a little bit better I can also yeah. yeah welcome annie thank you so much for hanging out with us here today uh let's start just tell us a little bit oh dang i messed up oh boy gotta fix that producer can you uh get that uh banner fixed for me i'll send you the stuff um Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and, uh, you know, what, what brought you here where you are today? Well, it's been a journey. Um, definitely my studies through ecology have led me um, 
you know, about five years ago to start diving into the relationships between humans because ecology is all about relationships. Um, and I'm a permaculturist and a gardener. I love spending time outside. I grew up in a horse barn, uh, training and riding horses. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly interested, um, just like in, um, kind of a foundational way, our psychology with the larger ecosystems and how centralizing this piece around our intimacy can have a ripple effect on our relationship in general in life uh, mm -hmm. with the rest of the world, our work life, everything. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge part of my passion and focusing on um, intimacy and sex. I love it. Uh, when, when you talk about uh, somatics, like that really uh, like, like that, that brings it into a core, like into our inner inner selves and it sounds like it's like inner work that we need to do to be able to kind of make those connections can you tell me a little bit about how that how we bridge that mm, how we bridge somatics with what creating intimacy mm. well when we're sharing processing when we're trying to kind of figure out um, clarity and perhaps a decision or in relationship um, if we're not listening to the entirety of our bodies, we're probably missing some information. So if we're processing with someone um, in a more cognitive oriented way, like just talking and um, if we can just slow down that story and that sharing and really tune into the rest of the nervous system, we can possibly just get even more information about what's mm. going on. Um, so our story, our history, um, our desires are shared throughout, are stored and shared throughout our entire bodies. Um, not just our genitals, not just our heart heads, but everywhere. Um, so it's really just like creating space for, for the entire body to be on board. Last week I was talking with, uh, with somebody, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, uh, but that word, uh, physiological came to, came to mind. Uh, and if, like to me, like that's the connection between, you know, the mind, the psyche. Right. And and the way that our body feels. How is that different from like somatics and and the things that you do? Um, I mean, that's a huge or how's it ingrained, I guess. Yeah, that's a part of it. Um, and it's not just our psyche, but it's also like our digestive system. Our digestive system has like a huge part of our nervous system orients around our digestion. And so that can affect our mental and emotional clarity, like what's happening in our digestive system. Um, we have a nerve called the vagus nerve that's connected all the way from our genitals to our digestion, to the front and back of our brain that really impact our ability to connect socially and to connect to our primal, both fight, flight, uh, freeze responses, mm -hmm. um, and also that primal passion, being able to be in our bodies, being able to be in that space where we can really access both, um, like for orgasm, for example, you need to be able to access both, um, excitement and relaxation at the same time. Oh, okay. Which is why if people have trauma, which could include 
sexual trauma. It could include a car wreck. Okay, any mm -hmm. sort of disruption to the nervous system can impact that ability to be both excited and relaxed at the same time. So it could, just as an example, affect somebody's ability to, um, you know, be a, to move towards a arousal or orgasm. Got it. Got it. So uh, back to that word balance, right? You got to have both that real relaxation and excitement. I love it. So, you know, we're talking today about balancing privacy and transparency in our relationships. Uh, so what exactly does that mean to you? Like that was something that you said is important, like an important lesson that you've learned about polyamory in general. What exactly does that mean? Well, I feel like in all relationships, I mean, we always have a right to our privacy. We ought to, mm -hmm. um, to remain autonomous and to not move towards codependency. We do have a right to privacy. We have a right to our boundaries and what in our process as we're getting to know somebody, as we're building that trust. Um, and at the same time, it's hard to build that trust and an intimacy if we don't share. Right. So it really is that balance. Um, and there's so many factors that, that influence that. Like what? Um, well, <laughs> let's, where do we start? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, th there's always going to be a bunch of different things. And I know that there's, you know, uh, a lot of times that it's going to be situationally specific, right? Like there's yeah. going to be certain things that I won't share about my partners, but my partner might, you know, I might give my, my partner permission to share it, you know, but they mm -hmm. might not be comfortable with me sharing it. So like, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be uh, situational, but yeah. kind of in a, like a, a broad sense, this is kind of a broad topic. Like yeah. um, how, how do we, how do we balance that? Like, um, <laughs> she's going to listen and she's going to hear it right away. So I start, I, I made this new connection over the weekend, right? Just like started chatting with someone new and uh, I'm pretty open in general anyway. So, you know, I've got this podcast and I've had a few episodes where, uh, where I talk about, you know, a lot of details and things that have happened in my life. So, you yeah. know, there's a lot of um, just openness here, but you know, how how do I know or how do other people know, you know, where where the line is? Like what what do we need to do? What work do we need to do to uh make sure that we don't cross any lines that we didn't mean to? Yeah. It's a great question. Um and like you said, it's so situational um and it's personal where somebody's at. I think it's really important to practice asking ourselves why we're asking a question when we're trying to get to know somebody um, and also why we're answering. Or if you're in a long-term committed relationship, why, why is it important to share? Um, and because we can sometimes feel like, I know for me, I have felt like, oh, I'm supposed to share. Mm -hmm. even, um, if I'm not necessarily ready or comfortable and because uh, I don't want this person to feel rejected or I don't want to lose this person or because they ask I should share because we share intimacy, all sorts of things that um, later looking back, I'm like, actually like I wasn't really ready to share that information. Um, so I think it's, it's good to just kind of like 
meditate for ourselves, um, kind of come back to the intention behind mm -hmm. sharing. Um, yeah. Okay. So we want to come back to the intention behind sharing. I mean, the intention I think is usually we want to, you know, create, establish, strengthen whatever connection that we might have. Are there any things maybe that like I should stay away from sharing? Is there anything that I should be like, you know, this is like when you're talking to somebody for the second time ever, like you probably don't want to tell them your social security number. I don't know. Like what are some things that maybe, you know, we should hold off on or wait on? Yeah. Well, I can give an, uh, an example from my life um, yeah. that, I've, I've had to learn about myself through experience where this could be with somebody who's newer to me or somebody where I do have a longer term relationship and want to continue that. Um, when we're learning about our past experiences, maybe we're sharing about ex-partners or other people in our life where we share intimacy. I have a preference where I really don't want to know details. And I've had people share kind of details about their intimacy with other people mm -hmm. and I can't unknow something. And like, <laughs> right. I, I didn't know this information. Um, and that's mm -hmm. up to me to express that boundary. Like I would love to share these stories, but I just don't want to know details. Um, and also questioning like that person we're talking about, if we are sharing about our history or whatever, what does it look like? Um, you know, honoring their privacy um, when we're sharing. Got it. So uh, if we have partners and, and, but you said other relationships too. Um, so I'm thinking like in a partnership, we definitely want to have the conversation of like, what are you okay with me sharing? And what are you not okay with me sharing? Like, you know, if I meet somebody new, is it okay if I share about, you know, the things that we do in the bedroom, or would you rather keep those things private? Like that's a conversation that I can have uh, with, with a partner, right? Is that kind of where you're going with that? Um, yeah. I mean, if that uh, conversation feels appropriate for where you're at with somebody, um, definitely. Yeah. And then because it's so personal, like right. somebody might get turned on by that and love it. And somebody might feel, um, really uncomfortable with that. So it's just a matter of like, we always have a right to ask questions with people we're sharing intimacy with. So it's, if you're wondering that, like, yeah. And, and I think when we ask that question, you know, it might be like coming back to the intention because we mm -hmm. don't know how our partner is going to respond. Um, so we just have to prep ourselves. Hey, we, I might be disappointed because they not, might not be ready for this conversation or I might really want to share this thing and they're not ready um, or whatever. So there could be disappointment um, or just having that conversation about pacing in relationship. Mm -hmm. We all have different paces. Right. And so, oh, okay, I'm not ready for that conversation or I'm not ready to share about that yet. Or I'm not comfortable with you sharing with your other partners, anything about us like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so just being open to, to hearing and negotiating, what does that look like? Um, you know, if, if they're not ready for that. Yeah. As you were talking about it, um, I was thinking, you know, like bracing or, or, or preparing myself for hearing no, mm -hmm. 
right? And that could be, as you said, disappointing. Like I'm, I'm ready to share this, you know, with this other person, but you're not ready for me to get there for whatever reason. But of course, I want to respect your privacy, so you know, um, you have a right to that too. Uh, but for me, as I'm kind of like dealing with that, I guess, uh, you know, dealing with, with, with you telling me, no, um, there's something that you mentioned about, um, like nervous system regulation. And like, that's, that's what like comes to mind is like, okay, I got, I got to like prepare myself and like kind of prepare my mind, my body for, for hearing no. Is that what you mean by that? Or you mean something completely different and I'm way off? No, I love that. Um, I wasn't, that's just, that's a piece of it. That's a huge piece of it because one, most of us don't want to disappoint people we love and we don't want to be disappointed by people we love, even though it's inevitable in relationships. Like we're going to do that um, just by the nature of us all being different. Mm -hmm. And so practicing being in that disappointment or like being with your partner in that disappointment, like, I'm sorry to disappoint you. This is where I'm at, but, um, you know, how else could I comfort you right now? Like, would you like a hug or maybe we could cuddle or whatever to be with them in that moment? Mm -hmm. Because so we so often like bypass that we don't want to feel that disappointment. And so being in that and knowing you don't have to be alone in that, maybe if your partner can't support, you, you could find a friend or however you can be with that disappointment so that it doesn't, that, that energy can move through us because so often if we bypass it, we might, it, it could lead to building resentment or it could lead to something else. Um, if, if we don't give ourselves that time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, we definitely want to allow it to get processed through our body. Right. Um, I, I'm assuming that that's like, a part of what you teach through somatics, right? Like kind of processing that. Can you tell me a little bit about what, what someone might go through uh, when, when they're processing anything like that sure. in terms of uh, somatics? Yeah. Um, I will give, I'll give a specific example that is somewhat common. Um, when, people are out in the dating world or perhaps they have a, a, a partner um, and they're not ready to go to the next level of, of intimacy, whatever that might look like, um, sharing personal information or perhaps it's physical, um, but they want to keep that connection. And so there's this conflict of, okay, I actually have this boundary. I'm not ready, but I'm, I'm, fearful and often that leads to shame mm -hmm. like, and so i'm i often find myself helping people kind of just process that and like what does that look like to have that boundary and to really be listening to yourself while working towards staying in connection with that partner um so that we're not you know festering in like guilt or shame about how our personal boundaries are impacting our partner we can like help process that because it can get sticky really easily are you talking about like like some kind of shame or guilt for saying no that's common yeah also saying yes by overriding like 
he's saying yes and maybe feeling regretful or didn't mm-hmm. go the way they planned or yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, it's like if somebody <laughs> happens, happens all the time, right? Like you really want to say no, but you say yes because you just don't want to disappoint the other person. But like mm-hmm. you can feel it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to like kind of draw that out, um, you know, in terms of somatics and, and, and the things that you that you teach and, and, and the, the methods that you use. Like what are what are the ways that people can really learn to trust that that instinct that like your body's telling you no, like there, there's something inside of you that's saying you don't want to do this, but you're saying yes, because you don't want to disappoint the mm-hmm. other person. So like, how do you, how do you help people like give themselves permission to advocate for themselves? Well, both through conversation and also just really clearing that space for this is a conflict. It is like a paradox. Like part of you might actually want to, and part of you doesn't, and that's confusing. And how can we spend time making more space for both? So one thing, one exercise or experience that might look like is really focusing, maybe it's a visualization on this, this, um, whatever the circumstances with the yes. And just kind of being with that, maybe imagining it inside or maybe describing it or maybe doing role playing, Mm -hmm. um, giving that attention and then kind of taking a few breaths, kind of noticing the impact of that um, imaginative visualization and then going over to the other scenario and giving that really specific attention. Once again, role playing, maybe just doing the visual or whatever Mm -hmm. that person is comfortable with Um, and really giving both of those uh, space to kind of process in their own time without going back and forth so that they can kind of feel in their bodies. Like, what was that like? Was Mm -hmm. one a little more easy than the other? Um, That's one, one way that we kind of help create space for, um, for, Oh, I really want to share with my partner, but I just kind of feel pressured. So that's like triggering me. Um, a lot of people have sexual trauma. And so, you know, when it comes to balancing that privacy and transparency, um, it's not necessarily associated with trauma. Like everybody just has that right to their privacy and their personal preferences around how they share. Mm -hmm. Um, And also trauma can affect that greatly as well. Um, So really being gentle with, with that process and, and, um, partners if you have a partner who has trauma um encouraging your partner to like you know educate themselves around uh, that as well yeah let's let's dig into that i mean trauma is is definitely a part of uh of everything that you do it can be easier for someone to do like a visualization process or or something along those lines uh if they're not also dealing with some kind of a traumatic experience around that. So uh, if somebody does have, you know, some kind of trauma, uh, sexual or otherwise, like um, what are some, what are some methods that you use to help people kind of tap? I don't know if it's tap into it or, or just kind of overcome it Mm -hmm. so that they can find that authenticity and be true to themselves. 
Well, it's very much, it was somatic experiencing. Um, that's the modality I have training with. It's very much based on titration. So just really little bit by little bit working around the situation in whatever way that person is comfortable because um, we're not wanting to re-traumatize. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I'll give, an, I'll give kind of a foundational example of like if someone's actually in a trigger um, or to help them practice nervous system regulation so that if they get triggered, they can help themselves not escalate as much to overwhelm. Um, and just being present in the present moment. That's a part of healing trauma is just like practicing being present. Um, and so there's a, a really simple exercise where take a few breaths, looking around the larger space that you're in and bringing your attention to three or so objects or where just noticing what your attention's drawn to. Okay. Taking a breath and then doing the same for your body. Um, it could hmm. even be like the texture of your clothes or like the temperature of your skin, something more surface level or a sensation or feeling taking a breath and then doing the same for the larger environment that you're sitting in. And so this is orientation to presence. And so practicing that in this really basic way, it's very calming and grounding mm -hmm. and doing that when you're in a calm space, especially with another person can really be helpful so that, in relationship, um, if we trigger our partner or get triggered, um, we can help that situation not escalate so much. Got it. Yeah, it's, it sounds like uh, like uh, almost like a meditative practice. It sounds like uh, uh, something that that uh, my ex was saying to me this weekend. Like, all we have is now, right? We have right now and before it gets here it's already gone mm -hmm. right but all we have is right mm -hmm. now so like doing that exercise i'm over here i'm folding laundry so i got a pile of underwear over there and you know trash can down there and my chargers piggy bank like uh, san diego chargers by the way mm -hmm. uh, not the stupid la chargers anyway that's a whole different topic so like bringing my mind to these things and then i really like the one that you said like okay so those three things that are external and then three things in my body and coming back to the now just kind of is, is recentering uh, so that I'm not, I can take my mind out of that triggering traumatic experience. Is that, am I going the right way? Well, not so much necessarily taking yourself out of it, but integrating it. It's like, okay, this thing happened, whatever it is. Um, and, and not, we tend to spiral our brains mm -hmm. fixate on things um, and really just kind of, yeah, bringing ourselves back into the present moment, it regulating our nervous system. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we are uh, just coming up on time here. I wanted to ask you if there's anything that I missed, if there's anything that you wish that I had asked or any final thoughts, uh, something that you might want to touch on that I just didn't quite get to. Hmm. Um, I guess I'll say one more thing about the privacy and transparency. Um, there's a lot of factors that play into that, like our attachment styles, our history, um, just so many things. And we often tend to be attracted to, or it's very 
we are easily attracted to people who operate opposite of us, who might be more um, prefer more transparency to privacy. And um, really, if, if there's frustration coming up in a relationship around this, um, reminding ourselves that we're all just different and so much of, of um, you know, if we're feeling challenged around this at all, it's just like, we're just different. And there's nothing wrong with how people are. And, and once again, that pacing and, um, you know, if it's causing an issue in the relationship, then kind of having a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really being gentle on ourselves, gentle on our partners and acknowledging that we're all just different. Um, and yeah. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) We got to give permission, I guess, um, give ourselves permission to be ourselves, give our partners permission to be themselves. Um, my brother and I, we talk about this all the time. We're, uh, both we're, we're very different politically and, you know, uh, other things. Uh, but it's, you know, we give each other space and time to just listen and understand. And I think it's kind of, you know, along the same lines. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, Annie, um, if somebody wanted to work with you, if somebody wants to follow you, if somebody wants to get in touch with you in any way, what's the best way that they can do that? And uh, for our listening audience, make sure you let them know. Yeah. Um, you can reach me. Um, at annielovage.net. My email is my last name, Bohealer, B-O-H-E-L-E-R, and Lovage, L-O-V-A-G-E, at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. I'm I'm really happy to, to be here. Uh, that's my Instagram at Rewilding Int- Intimacy, and my name is Annie Bohealer. Perfect. All right, Annie. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. Um, It's been fun chatting with you, learning with you a little bit. Really appreciate your time. You too, James. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you as always to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 Pacific time, or sign up for Patreon where you get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and wherever it is that you download your podcast if you haven't already, and please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. Thank you once again, Annie. Thank you, everybody. And until next time, as always, have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.